0: by answering the question, where is God? And by answering this question, we're gonna discover really what we truly have to be thankful for. We're gonna move over to Daniel 1, and you guys can follow along in that story. Some of you may know it really well. And in Daniel, we learn of four young men taken from their homes and forced into service under King Nebuchadnezzar. But they are followers of Jesus, and their relationship with him shines out in everything that they do to everybody that they meet. And although given access to great knowledge and education, they were in the process stripped of their identities, normal life, and so much more. They didn't say, where is God? They instead praised him for his goodness and asked for his presence in their lives. And their names are Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah now identified under the king's court as Belshazzar, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And during their service, there came a time when Nebuchadnezzar has this really alarming dream about this huge man-like statue made of all these different materials, right? And Daniel was the only one with the God-given ability to interpret this dream. And because of this, the king then rewards Daniel with a high position in the king's court, and upon Daniel's request, he gets his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, into high positions as well within the province of Babylon. So God is with them, even in the midst of this. And it was after this, as the men were going about their duties, that Nebuchadnezzar decided to make this dream a reality. But instead of a divided statue, he wanted to make the whole thing gold. It was gonna be 90 feet tall, nine feet wide. This huge golden statue was gonna be placed on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. And so he sends out this notice to everybody. Probably went something like, hear ye, hear ye, King Nebuchadnezzar has created a gold statue that stands as a reminder of my great power. I want everyone who is anyone to be a part of the dedication of this statue. All of my officials must attend and show your support at this event. And so they came. The governors, the advisors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, everybody showed up. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as province officials, also showed up while Daniel remained back at the king's court. And so the three friends are not here to worship the statue, but just like everybody else, they don't have a choice. And the crowd behind them starts pressing forward, pushing closer and closer to this statue. And as they're pressed forward, the three men hear the crackling of the flames inside a furnace burning at the base of the statue. And as they move into position, they hear a shout. We're now in Daniel chapter 3, verse 4, if you're following people of all races and nations and of every language, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the musical instruments, bow down to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Anyone who refuses will immediately be thrown into the blazing furnace. Now, I bet the crowd's eyes jump to the furnace, all thoughts now focused on what they have to do to survive. And I imagine the fear, maybe in some of the people's eyes, as they're staring at these flames shooting from inside this furnace. Maybe the faint whispers of a mother to a child, it's going to be okay." Or maybe a father telling his family, we will kneel to survive, but our hearts will be elsewhere. And then I see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, friends taken together, stripped of everything they'd ever known, and now facing possible death, look at each other and nod, knowing what they have to do. Without saying a word, they know what they will do. God is with them. And so the music rings out with the most perfect sound all the instruments harmonizing together, creating this emotional embrace that is almost pushing the crowd to their knees. King Nebuchadnezzar sits, his eyes mesmerized at the beautiful display of obedience. And his ears delighted at the melodious sound of the people falling to their knees to the statue that he raised up. A smile probably spreads across his face this is what power feels like. And as the music plays, the officials and people all around Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are falling down to worship this golden statue. But these three men square back their shoulders and stand taller than they have ever stood before. The curious eyes of a Chaldean peer up at the three friends from his bowed position. Psst. He gets the attention of his fellow astrologers, and without a moment's hesitation, they duck through the crowd to get to the king. Lost in thoughts of power and glory, King Nebuchadnezzar feels a tap on his shoulder. And as he turns toward the men, they fall before him and cry out, Long live the king! then one steps forward. O king, you issued a decree requiring that all the people come out, worship this golden statue, and bow down to it. And you also said that if they didn't, they were going to get thrown into the blazing furnace. Well, there's some Jews over here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who you put in charge of the province of Babylon. They're completely ignoring you. And in fact, they're refusing to serve your gods. And they're not even worshiping the gold statue that you built. Nebuchadnezzar jumps from his seat. What? Who dares defy me? Bring them to me. The Chaldeans push Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego towards the front, toward the king. Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I've made? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I've made. And when the music sounds, you bow. But if you refuse, you're gonna immediately be put in the fiery furnace. And then, what God will be able to rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, standing, firmly reply. We're in chapter 3, verse 16. O Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown in the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you we will never serve your gods or worship the golden statue that you have set up. This bold defiance of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was too overwhelming for the king. He yells, heat the furnace seven times hotter and get the strongest men to tie him up. And so the men come out of the crowd, they tie the three friends in rope, throw them in. The soldiers toss Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the furnace fully clothed. And as their hands let go of the three friends, the soldiers were consumed by the heat and flames of the furnace, and they fall to their deaths. Now bound, unable to move, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego close their eyes as they feel themselves falling into the furnace. And as they land, something incredible has happened. The ropes are gone, burned away, And a hand is now reaching out for them to help them up. The flames, although all around them, are not near them. It's as if they're now looking into the face of Jesus. Jumping from his seat, Nebuchadnezzar calls out with amazement, "Uh, didn't we tie up three men and throw them in the furnace? His advisors peered into the blaze. Yes, that is exactly what we did. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouts, I see four unbound men walking around in the fire, unharmed, and one looks like a god. The king moves as close as he can to the furnace and shouts for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to come out. And as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego come out, not a hair on their head was singed. The crowd is gathered in amazement because their clothes aren't even scorched. They don't even smell like smoke. And the king cries out, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent an angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. Talk about a witness, right? This had to be an incredible experience. This is one of the stories that when I read this, I wish I had been there to see it. I mean, that's incredible. How easy would it have been for God to just blow the the fire out? Just like that, the fire would have been out. He could have done it, he's God. But he used Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego's experience to show us where he is when we are in the fire. And in a world where everyone is asking, Where is God? We can stand with absolute trust and say, He's right here beside us. Why? Now, this is what we have to be thankful for. We have a Father who sent his only son to die for us. And I know we hear that a lot, but have you really internalized what that means and what Jesus actually did? In order to save us from the fire, he had to come down and go through the fire. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't just sit in the fire with Jesus, he walked with them in the fire. I am so thankful for a Creator who not only died for me, but walks with me through the fires of my own life. He's on the other side, saying, "Hey, see you on the other side. Hope you make it through." He's right there with me. I want to read Isaiah forty-three two. This is one of my favorite verses. Isaiah forty-three two says. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. You know, we live in a world that is also home to the devil and his demons. Adversity and trials are on the menu every day because of that fact. Yet through reliance on God, we are able to defy the worst that the devil and his demons can do. In the times in our life that unexplained things happen and we experience loss, hurt, and anguish, we must stand and be thankful for a creator who will take us by the hand and walk with us through the fire. And that's how we become forged in fire, because the very fire that was meant to destroy us makes us stronger. And it's when we live with this kind of thankfulness and trust that instead of asking, where is God, when everything is ablaze around us, we say, thank you, God, for walking with me. Thank you for blessing me. Like we talked about with the song, look at the blessings around you. They are there. So California every year goes through horrific fires that make the national news. I know you guys have to see this too. And when we lived out on the West Coast the last couple of years, seeing how many of those fires would spread up to Oregon where we lived was just incredibly eye-opening at how devastating they were. I mean, you see it on TV, but when you live it, it's, it makes it real. But there was a video that came out of one of the California fires that had this insane impact on me. It was a cell phone video of a woman and her husband trying to drive out of one of the blazing fires in California. And as the video starts, the couple is taking in the scene around them. Each side of the road they're driving on is completely engulfed in flames. You can't see the sky, and the trees literally look like they're melting. And then the woman begins to pray out loud, Dear Heavenly Father, help us. Help us, God. Be with us. And the husband presses the gas, flying past other cars. There's near zero visibility, and it looks like they're about to be engulfed. And then the flames start spreading across the road in front of them, and I hear the woman's voice grow louder as her prayer then changes from a plea to one of thanksgiving. Oh God, thank you for my husband. Thank you that he is here and trying to save us. In the middle of the fire with no foreseeable end, this woman is thanking God for what he's given her. To be thankful in the middle of a fire seems crazy, but it's exactly the attitude we must have. It is the trust and faith it takes to say, thank you in the worst of times that will take us through to the other side of that fire. And as this couple speed through the flames, you hear above the car engine and crackling flames a prayer, a plea, a thank you, and then silence. A few seconds go by that seem like an eternity. And then the couple drive through a huge cloud of smoke into a clearing and the sky is blue and the sun is shining. They have made it through the fire. We will make it through the fire. The devil has set this world ablaze screaming, make it seven times hotter. Let's stand like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and say devil, we don't need to defend ourselves before you. No matter what fires you bring into our lives, how much loss we endure, the God whom we serve is able to save us and he will rescue us from your power. And no matter what, we will never serve or worship you. Y'all, we're gonna make it through the fire. How amazing is it to have a savior who walks through the flames with us and through the smoke? Yes. And he's gonna walk with us all the way to our home in heaven where the sky is blue and the sun is shining. And this is my prayer for each one of you that you will hear that calling on your heart, that's Jesus. And you will take that hand that is reaching out to you because when you have that relationship, it gives you this inner power to be able to say thank you when you are in the midst of the blaze. Let's stand as we bow our heads for closing prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God help us be like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and praise you. Let's praise you in the fire and it may be hard. We're going through so much and it's so hard to go through so much hurt. And God, I ask that you just help us Fill the gap. Walk with us. And for those who are listening who are not even sure about a relationship with you, help them turn and see that hand that's stretched out to them. Lift them up. And introduce them to an amazing relationship with you. I ask that each of us remember to be that incredible witness like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to let the light inside of us shine out to each person that we meet. I ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.